This week we welcome Loomis from Chan It Down Podcast back to the show. And we dive back into, look, what I'm calling a meeting of megalithic minds. Because this will be an ongoing series. Loomis and I started a conversation a couple of months ago that will never end. And we've got a lot of other work that we want to do in the future. And this conversation we spoke about Upart, we spoke about timelines, we spoke about hominids, we spoke about dating techniques, gaps in the timeline. It's such a fascinating conversation with Loomis because we can go so many different directions. And I really, really appreciate his time and look forward to the next time we sit down and continue our conversation. The rabbit hole never seems to end. However, what we're going to try and do is get a better understanding of these topics from multiple perspectives to see if we can't land on a on an objective perspective that makes some sense. Because it seems most of us have very similar ideas. And I think if we refine those ideas and bring them together, we could actually begin to form a better picture of this jigsaw puzzle that we're all trying to piece together. With Loomis being in Hawaii, this one's only an hour because it's hard to make the timelines work, however... I could talk to him for three hours, easy, and we will have to sit down and do that one day. That'll be enough out of me. Jump into the show. Remember on Patreon, uh, unlocking the code on Patreon, if you want to throw us some, a few bucks, that'd be awesome. Really, really appreciate that. Facebook, unlocking the code. Instagram, unlocking the code. It's one of those times where I've got a lot to say. However, now's not the time to say it, so... I'll sign off. Please look after yourselves. Please be kind, be cool, be understanding, show respect, be disciplined, prepare, and we'll talk soon. Well, we will talk soon. However, I didn't mention music. Again, not sure what I'm going to play. However, I'm looking forward to seeing what I'll throw in the front of this one. I like mixing it up. The old school offspring's been fun. Uh, A bit of hilltop hoods. Just sort of flirting with the line. Please look after yourselves. Please stay disciplined, prepare, be objective, and we'll talk soon. Cheers. Once again next weekend Bow me out drunk again And I never will forgive myself For putting you through all that hell I went from high school dropout To factory labourer Slave to the clock until four Went from sleeping on the floor To being out on tour Now there's nothing me I'll finish with the bang Like a Cobain's biography Uh Like love.
chase by the cops out, got clout, don't bomb my girlfriend and locked out. With broken being, even choked to be in a dope MC, but never lost hope and dreaming. We used to thrash, push the car, silver engine and foul. If I never had bailed, maybe I'll be dead or in jail. Oh man, I got no one else to blame. I'll thank my family and music for keeping me sane. But that's the brakes, right? Started working late nights, never seeing daylight, getting paid like a slave might. And I've done too many years to miss this for my missus to have to tell my son he nearly never existed. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we have Loomis from Chanted Down with us again. How are you, mate? And I suppose you've got good, and you have me, don't you? I got, I got you. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Chanted Down Swapcast with unlocking the code and just a, a mixture here. And welcome mm. everyone. Thanks for joining us. Mm. We're going to talk about some good stuff tonight. Yeah, we got some good stuff, man. We got two loose topics. First one is timelines and. We started brushing upon it when we turned the mics on, but then it. With, the problem with this stuff is we can leave the podcast on the table or not hit the record button. At least we, at least I hit the record button this time. Mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? We did okay. It, we're, we're rolling. So timelines for me, I suppose I wanted to start asking you what is your thoughts on the current timelines. I mean, obviously we're working Cataclysm twelve thousand eight hundred. Um, so let's go. Let's go standard model timelines. Yeah. what's your thoughts on that what's wrong what's right where do you want to go well i mean if we're going to go back to 1200 ad if we're going to, or bc we're going to be talking about a giant cataclysm that happened on the planet that um definitely is notable in so many different cultures around the world so many different ancient civilizations so many indigenous cultures that there's something that really did happen, as well as if you look into 
woolly mammoths flash frozen with food in their mouths yeah. and you can you can obviously see that this this world had a restart a really hard reset mm. during that time but there's other timelines too and i think we should go through some of the others too but the biggest one that you can really think of is the great flood but i think there was more to it than a flood i think there was some scorching that the uv rays did um the egyptians talk about uh they're up in the highlands. People like got fried basically, like like by some kind of radiation. Not only did it was there floods below, but on the highlands. Now Egypt doesn't really have any highlands when no. you think about it, but um, that maybe doesn't really make any sense. But some, except for in the Sinai Peninsula. Well, how 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 big is it? When we when we say Egypt, at what point was the Egyptian Empire at prior to the cataclysm? We don't know. We've got no idea. So, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it could be. I've got a couple of thoughts on that, right? And, and look, because I know obviously the two camps are solar flare um, or solar outburst, right? And meteorite impact. So, I've got two thoughts on that because I don't sort of go either way because the thing is the evidence for the solar stuff isn't insubstantial. You know what I mean? It is there for sure. Um, so what if it's, what, A, what if it's both, right? What if a comet, you know, spun around Jupiter and got thrown towards earth and then kept going and hits the sun? You know what I mean? What if, what if something hit the sun and caused an outburst to come back? So not only did we get pummeled by rocks, but as we're trying to survive, a solar outburst hits us and then, then you've got the, the double whammy, right? But the other thought that I had and I don't know whether there's any modeling done for this, was what does, you know, let's say seven impacts, eight impacts into the ice shelves and then the resultant steam and everything up into the atmosphere, what does that do to the atmosphere? You know, what is, what is the, you know, the massive amount of rock, then the impact? And then, like you said, it's, not, it's, it's wildfires, it's, it's scorching of the earth, it's, but what, is, what does that impact or that series of impacts do to the atmosphere and does that weaken the magnetosphere because of the um, severity of the impact and then therefore let more sunlight in, you know what I mean, or more UV rays in, you know? How can, what if it's not one? What if it's all or, you know what I mean? What if it's not one? I mean, what, what do you – that was just two thoughts I've been toying around with, you know what I mean? Um, what do you reckon about those? Well, yeah, I, I'm, co- I'm going back to, I think, a cap- conversation we had on, on your show before where we got into the moon and the existence of the moon. And there are some cultures that talk about the times before the moon. Mm. So was that something that came in? And it, like I think I mentioned on your show, and if I didn't, I'm sorry. I, I, no, I, I think, I think Loomis, let it go. Does this sound because I, familiar? No, no, it is, but it was before yeah. we hit record. So just... Just go again. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. You, you so, know how we did that for yeah. So those yeah, are for, for, that was the, the, the other podcast, <laughs> the other podcast, the one that the personal one, just for us. Yeah, no, yeah. So, so talk about. So, do you think the cataclysm is related to the moon? Like, so go over that again for the audience. Sure. All right. So the best culture that I know of, the best instance in a culture that I know of that had a cataclysm because of the moon coming into our world was the Zulu culture. And the Zulus talk about, well, there's two brothers, Wawani and Mapanku, and they come in, they've had, they've hollowed out the moon, they stole it from some kind of dragon, 
and they brought it to earth and earth when they brought it to earth it rocked the earth because the earth was straight up on its axis yeah. and it rocked the earth to its 23 uh, degree tilt mm-hmm. now the the interesting thing about that is um they also said there was a water vapor or a canopy of water that was around the earth and before that man didn't get burnt by the sun and didn't squint his eyes to see the sun and so it what what you brought up reminded me of that because supposedly they broke this water vapor and that's what caused the flood on the earth and because the moon coming in it affected the tides of the ocean of course it, it locked everything into this 23 degree tilt yeah and one thing that comes up into mind is when i did visit egypt the um karnak temple there is an avenue a central avenue in the karnak temple that is is lined up as it was 23 degrees off from true alignment with north south east so that so that was so that temple was built prior to whatever happened yeah 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 and another thing just to go on the other side of the world in ancient bolivia there's um it's in it's it's in tiwanaku site i think it's called a society pyramid structure but there's some writing on it that talks about before the moon so we have have a few things that are before the moon and that makes me think that well what would really make the earth like i mean there's a lot of things that could make the earth rock but the moon and tilting it because why is the earth 23 degrees on its axis versus straight up when other planets are Mm. some are not though some are not yeah yeah, but maybe that's the that was the same thing. The, the moon was as you have you may have read before Apollo, mm. and it came in as, as some people theorized that it was actually a spaceship that came in. Is with, it, and it really could be very hollow because all the craters kind of stop in the same spot. A depth. Mm, they do, they do. That's true, and and yeah. there is the uh, you know you Americans uh, bomb the moon for whatever, like you just got to bomb everything. So but why did, yeah, why did, yeah. number one, why did you bomb the moon? But number two, they say that it rang like a bell when, when it, yeah. when it got hit. So which, which twice, was, twice yeah. it happened. Yeah. I think yeah. when they, the Apollo 11, they, they, you know, ditched something, I forget what it is. And it rang like a gong. And then in like 20, 2009, they, they actually did bomb the moon. Mm. I think it was mm. 2009. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember they when they bombed, bombed it, but it was it was somewhere around there. Um, so, with the Zulu culture, is there a is there an established time frame? Uh, apparently, when do you remember? Um, yeah, I don't remember exactly, but two brothers certainly lines up with the Sumerian culture with Enki and Enlil. Yeah, we can't and, sort of talk about timeline without talking about Sumerians as well, right. I suppose, you know. I, I, you know, the, the 23 degree thing. I was um, one yeah. of the theories, one of the early theories we had at, at UTC was what we called the basketball theory, right? Now I was trying to see there is a I've got a little globe in the cupboard there, but it's too much to get it out. But imagine a ball, right? So the earth is a ball. Okay. So Number one, you've got the weight of the ice. I think that's one thing that people don't think about um, a lot, 
right? So there's the isostatic depression. I mean, that's that ties, I think, to the fall of Atlantis. However, that's a different conversation. Um, but the way to the ice on the northern part of the planet, because it was estimated to be two miles thick, I think, 3.2 kilometres high. I mean, you've got to try and fathom that for a second. You know, two miles straight up or 3.2 kilometres straight up ice wall. You know what I mean? Like that's literally what was going on. Now, the basketball theory is, so the, the, you got the, the ball, right? And so the, the impact comes in, hits the northern thing, right? Which knocks it off its trajectory. But the other thing is too, let's pretend for a second, and we have to pretend. I mean, I've said this before, but not for a while. That, that whole geological, you know, you see in the geology books, how they cut the, they slice like a, a cake slice out of the earth and there's the mantle and this, that, and then there's the molten oh, core. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's total bullshit no one actually knows right that is just a projection of what we think it is okay that's right. that's not true um but let's but i think there is obviously a magnetic field that's generated from the center of the planet so let's pretend for a second that that is a you know spinning spinning molten ball of iron or whatever which is creating the the magnetic field okay yeah. uh so what does that impact and therefore that ringing, so the vibration that runs through the earth, what does that do to that magnetic spinning core? You know what I mean? Or does that scramble that as well? You would think potentially um, that it would. And would that be enough to throw us off our axis? Or would just the very impact alone, the multiple bombardment, you know, bang, 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 you know, what are we saying? Seven, ten impacts, right, in a row. Is that enough to knock us off? as well you know i mean there's there's multiple theories as to why that would how that could happen unfortunately we well fortunately i suppose we haven't experienced a cataclysm great enough to experience what that is but the moon's a weird thing man like yeah i'll tell you what let's put a pin in the moon i want to talk to the moon about you not talk to the moon about you i'm going to talk to the moon about yeah and see what it says i want to talk about the moon with you (laughs) (laughs) i've already already taught a class today mate yeah let's put a pin in the moon and come back i think that's our our next conversation okay yeah yeah so i mean yeah that's a whole that's a whole journey absolutely man we need to yeah and the thing is i've 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 whispered about the moon for years and i haven't done it so i think we just stumbled upon our next topic man i think we we both go away we put some research in um and get some dot points in and and uh, we'll come back to that Sure, I did a show about the moon and I forgot a lot of the stuff I even said, you know, sometimes yeah. you just can't retain it all. So. But yeah. I say to people all the time when I say, you know, when I start, you know, giving the dot points to some of the knowledge that I know, they're like, oh, do you know more detail? I'm like, yeah, I do. It's episode 120. Just listen to that. Because once I've got it on the podcast, it's recorded then. If I need to go back and listen to <laughs> what I know about it. <laughs> I just go back and re-listen to the show. So yeah, we can't retain everything. But no, it, it's th- like a foreign language. You can't, you can't, if you don't use it, you're just gonna, it's like, oh, you forget it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think you we can't not talk about Sumerians when we talk about timelines. I mean, the Sumerian calendar or the, the King's list goes back two hundred and forty thousand years, is it? Or is it is it more than that? I'm trying to I, I was trying to drag that number out from my memory, but I couldn't. Well, I think you're right. I think it matches up with, um, I don't know if you've ever uh, read Lloyd Pye's books, but one of his books goes into detail about how 
the mitochondrial DNA of humans doesn't go any farther back from like 200,000 some years ago. Yeah, but right. the King's List, the works of his own science that he did, and some conjecture, and Zachariah Sitchin's interpretation of the Sumerian tablets and put together his work, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It does line up that King's List goes way back. And these kings lived a lot longer than you and me. You know, mm. they, they were, you know, Gilgamesh, and just as an example, you know, being half, half uh, human, half God, mm. you know, uh, he was, he was, a, these kings lived longer lives. Like, yeah, like 8,000 like years. I'm trying, yeah, 8,000 yeah. years. I'm trying to remember. I've got the king's list on my tablet, my other, my other tablet here somewhere, but I, I can't bring it up now. But yeah, they lived a lot longer. And yeah, it's like, and then think it's same with the Egyptian kings list as well, the pharaohs list, right? The the top half is good, and then the bottom half speaks of pharaohs that lived for thousands of years, like the the Zeptepi or whatever it is, the time. Yeah, Zeptepi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and that goes back again, hundreds of thousands of years. And what I find fascinating about these timelines is that uh, that Egyptian one in particular, I know that they said the Egyptologist said, um, oh yeah. The, the, the top part's accurate, but the bottom part, they were just messing around. They were just having a joke. Yeah, right. So they, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> Let's just skip that. But everything else is fine. Yeah, everything yeah. else is fine. That's- the stuff that matches up to our narrative is perfect. The other stuff, no, they were just, it was just, they were just having a joke. Um, but the thing is, when they're talking about Zeptepi, they're not just talking about one document. They're talking about, I think, yeah. three different sources. There's the Palermo Stone. Yeah, that's the and one. That, that goes way stone. back. Yeah. Yeah. And then the papyrus of Tyran. Yeah. And um, there's a guy, it's a priest, and I can't think of his name offhand. Yes. I think it was like Manetho or yes. and he had his his list that went way back too. So these aren't just like this is not one thing, it's like no, it's not three one things, thing. yeah, and possibly more that mm. they're just totally ignoring and saying, Oh no, Egypt starts here, that's yeah. it. This they is built the pyramids, yeah. Just, yeah. you know, just don't pay attention to those other guys. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and the thing about the uh, one of the things we love here at the UTC, mate, is uh, is Ubart, right? I mean, the amount of out of place artifacts that are found that date back supposedly millions of years, mate. You know what I mean? Like found in coal seams, fifty meters deep. There's a perfect gold chain uh, found in a bit of coal. Uh, that, oh yeah. Stra- you know, well, what's it? I'm trying to the strata i'm trying to there's a word for it but it, within the strata it's like 30 million years old or 3 million years old or 300,000 years old um you know 3 million and 300,000 come up quite a lot in the upart actually um you know and the thing is we don't find a lot of it a lot of the upart dates back to the the 1900s before you know massive diggers and dump trucks and stuff like that i mean when when they were digging it by hand they used to find all this weird stuff um, that would date back in the strata to millions of years, um, you know, which, which sort of leads me to another theory, and I can't remember whether it was the the personal conversation or the podcast that we spoke about it, but and this is an evolving theory in my mind. I'm actually probably going to write some stuff down about it and do a bit more legitimate research, but it's just an idea. What does impacts and cataclysms of any nature, right? So volcanoes asteroids whatever right what does that do to the strata does that compress a coal seam does that you know what i mean you would imagine it would i would say right 
if there's massive volcanoes and stuff gets thrown into the air and then back down again and the you know whatever it is there's i think these things because the carbon dating system is very clunky right and most of our dating systems are very clunky we think they're look they're better than nothing and they're some of them are very like the the luminescent stuff is interesting but again that's affected by sunlight you know what i mean stuff like that so um but i just wonder like the timelines that we say oh this is then and this is then and this is then do these or have these cataclysms actually affected how we can date this stuff and maybe we haven't taken that into account you know and that's a fresh idea yeah i mean i I don't know when you're talking about carbon, they go back with these ice core samples, but a lot of that seems a bit flawed. And I feel like, you know, I've done a lot of research not to derail anything here, but I've done a lot of research into the, what they're saying global warming is, and they use some pretty crappy science to put that whole thing together to come up with their equation. And these ice core samples may be accurate because they do show much more carbon in the days of the dinosaurs and the, the, those days, there was mm. a lot more volcanic eruptions and unrest on the planet. Mm. But I mean, you can't, I, I don't know how accurate that is. And even carbon dating can be, can be off a bit, I think too. So, mm. Mm. you and know, that's I, just my question. Yeah. Cause I mean, how, how else? Cause it's basically, we did a heap of stuff on UPA and a lot of this stuff was found in coal seems like, um, there was a gold chain, there was a sledgehammer, there was a, like a, a bowl, like a metal bowl. Um, all this stuff was found in coal seams dating back millions of years. And I was just like trying to explore the objective perspective on how can you explain that, you know. Um, but the other thing is too, mate, we could have – you talk about timelines, you want to get a bit weird for a second. How do we know that we haven't been here for millions of years? The other thing about these cataclysms, man, is they wipe the slate clean, okay? You know, and then the next thing is too, you know, we love to say here a good spot's a good spot, mate, right? Most churches are built on sacred temples. Most sacred temples are built on sacred sites and so on and so on and so it goes. So how old is the original site underneath the pyramid? Because apparently there's a mound underneath the Great Pyramid or some description, right? How old is that mound? Right? Was that, who knows? We don't, you know, I think the, it's, what's the latest Homo sapiens sapiens skeleton? I think we're out to about 700,000, aren't we? Or something like that. I think it's somewhere well, in I there. I don't know. I don't know. And then who's to say that those people that made the metal bowls and all the things you were talking about, the gold chain, were even Homo sapiens type of human or not human at all. That's exactly um, right. That's exactly you know, right. I mean, you've got to look at those um, elongated skulls as some yeah, the stuff in Paracas, yeah, yeah, the Paracas skulls. I mean, now though, some of those skulls are not that old; they're like a little bit older than Jesus. So, yeah, there's something that brings in a timeline to say that humans were living on the same world as these elongated skull beings. Yeah. So have you ever um, seen a hot, I mean, all I've ever seen is the skulls. They didn't find bodies. Do you know that? Or I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I had Brian Forrester on my show. Okay. Um, we didn't discuss that. And I wanted to ask him that later. I'm like, oh, you know, I should ask him that. But I remember seeing on the Gaia channel and I don't, I don't know how much I trust Gaia. Sometimes yeah. I feel like there's some fluff in there, but they did show 
the, the they did show the whole bodies of some of these elongated skulls and it seemed like they were mostly human looking but they had kind of like curved let's see it seems like the rib cages were more like swirly looking i don't know if that makes sense but yeah, like more yeah, yeah. like were they like tall enclosed no they weren't that tall okay so they weren't yeah. they weren't they we're not talking giant stuff but we are talking yeah. we are talking a different uh hominid we are that's we're definitely talking that i mean sure you know the hominid thing's interesting as well i mean you've got the uh the hobbit people in indonesia you've got you know, percentage of you can Denisovan DNA in some of the population, right? So it's not that long ago this planet existed and we coexisted with multiple different types of hominids at the same time. You know, I mean, what's the timeline of the Denisovans? How did they advance? Where did they get to before we, you know, let's be honest, outfucked them or outfought them? You know what I mean? Like that's basically what happened. Um, and that's how come we've got some DNA within our, within our, systems depending on your depending on where you're from right so in northern europe and that sort of stuff that's where they find a lot more of that data hmm. yeah and what's to say and then there's the giants too the giants what timeline hey one we thing that i can the sumerians, look at they're gonna be giants man i mean that this all the sumerian yeah, imagery that sort of stuff all the sumerian imagery there's so many of those pictures and stuff like that that yeah they look like there's the the human serving them and then there's the giant you know like the, the statue with the mm -hmm the dude carrying the lion you know what i mean like how big have you got to be to have a lion under your arm like you know the the, the general excuse is oh ritual and religion basically uh or you know but what if they were just making what they saw you know what i mean like i it's i don't understand why that's a difficult thing to contemplate i think people get too complex in their minds that people were too symbolic but i actually don't think too many people were that symbolic and metaphorical. I think they were just like they saw what they what they drew. They mm. exactly that. Mm. I mean, if you go into the petroglyphs in the Native American places, um, I've been to um, I've been to uh, the deserts of the Southwest where there's yeah. these petroglyphs of. I mean, what are these beings? You know, and they're definitely not human. Mm. So. I wouldn't think that the Native American people who drew very simple things like hunting, uh, you know, buffalo or something, buffalo and, and then yeah. they drew these complex beings, they would have draw, drawn what they saw. It just exactly. makes sense to me, you yeah. know? And in Egypt, too, when I saw these giant people on the canoes and everybody paddling these giant people, it's not because they wanted to show how great they were. I think so they, they actually what they yeah. draw what they saw. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you talk about the elongated skulls as well, and that multiple cultures around the world bound their skulls for many generations. You know, that used to be, and it was to be what? To look like the gods. That's what they were trying yeah. to do, the honor of the gods. You know, so what's that about? Um, I mean, you wouldn't just do that to your skull just because you wanted to. You, you would be emulating something that would mm. be interesting and very important to you to want to deform your kid's skull. Mm. Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, actually, like bind it. I mean, and that was the yeah. difference between the other bound skulls and the Paracas skulls, because I know that was the contention for many years is that they were just bound skulls. But then someone did a full, um, like, cranial exam on them, and they're bigger. They're actually bigger capacity than our skulls, and they weren't uh, bound. They were, they were, you know, three pieces like a skull should be, or I think it was four, maybe. 
Yeah, and they don't have the uh, suture lines on the top of the head where the skull, you know, um, repairs once the child's been born. They don't mm. have the sagittal suture. So they, they're definitely a different being altogether. It's, mm. And that's crazy. It's, uh, I mean, you know, mainstream science rejects all this. But yeah. I see these timelines, these of uh, humans living with other things coming to an end somewhere around a thousand BC. I think it's safe to say that the, the gods stopped living with humans um, from the work that I've done right around the time when King David in the Bible gets his throne. And to me, that might actually be symbolic of him taking over um, of him wearing off Goliath. And yeah, it, maybe it's a metaphor for humans beating the giants, you know? And then wow. left alone after that. You know? <laughs> ah, there you go. I never thought about it like that, but it could be. It could I mean, be. It's was it story. one dynamic battle, or was it like a bunch of humans and they just use the king as the 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 story? I mean, I don't know, but it's mm. just a theory of mine to come up with. So do you think so expand on that for me? So you think that you know, are we talking, you know, the elves and the dwarves and everything coexisted till you know, 3,000 years ago and, you know, the, the classic Hobbit story, the elves sailed off into the sunset and the hot, and the, you know, everyone just sort of went their own way. Um, do you think that that, because I mean, that's a story that echoes as well, Loomis, you know, where do the elves come from? Where do the dwarves come from? Where do these beings that echo through so many cultures and stories, uh, where are they from? You know what I mean? Like that's. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah underground or out of space or yeah. we don't really know i mean i i was saying that thing just last about that's just the gods the quote-unquote mm. gods mm. disappeared around a thousand bc but some of these other beings like i say the elongated skull people live with humans longer than a thousand a.d probably uh possibly but it what you said reminds me of um Tolkien reminds yeah, me yeah, of the yeah. Lord yeah. of the Rings, yeah. where like all those beings sailed off in the sunset, basically, and disappeared. I mean, I'm sure there's a better way of saying what happened there, and I, I haven't seen the Lord of the Rings in a really long time. But basically, something happened to where just Homo sapiens sapiens became the norm, and everything else that was different and exotic or abstract left our world and you know i have heard this and this is from you may have heard of him before uh tom montauk you ever heard tom montauk he's a pretty cool uh, yeah then look the name i'm gonna i'm gonna say yes no researcher the name rings a bell but not I, i couldn't recall anything yeah i know the name but um what's he got to say okay well, he says, and I forget where he gets this from, that there was some kind of third-party overseer group that said, we need to leave humans alone and let them evolve into who they need to be and not be involved. So some kind of third-party overseer group said, you know, stay away from the humans till a certain date and just let them evolve into what they need to be. So then when you come back later, you know, basically don't interfere with humans for a while. And 
I wish I remember where he got that from, but it just yeah. came to mind because it seems like at one point, clean slate, humans are here. That's mm. it. There's no mm. more stories. I mean, everything's legends. Um, you just don't know how far back some of this stuff goes. Like there's indigenous legends. They didn't write things down, so we don't really know. Mm. Uh, but in our civilizations, it looks like around a, lot, a thousand AD, I mean, BC, BC. keep yeah. saying it. Yeah. Is where things kind of just stopped on this earth being other than just regular humans, at least a lot of it. Uh, I, mean, I mean, the other thing about yeah. timelines too, Loomis, is if you want to, there's the dark ages, man. You know what I mean? Something, there yeah. was a gap between 12,000 and now of a couple of thousand years when no one really knows what happened, right? Then the Romans and the Trojans and all that spring up. But there's a gap there, but there's also the dark ages in the, in the middle ages as well, right? So, I mean, there's, there's periods of history where it's like, oh, yeah, this is what happened back then. You know, and as you know as well, mate, you, you start doing this research, you know, the timelines or any of this megalithic stuff, the ancient stuff, the evidence is very thin. Like, it's very thin. They don't really know. But they say a lot of big words and they waffle on for a long time and that makes you think you do know or they do know. But if you actually analyze it objectively, there's massive gaps in the known timeline, in the standard model timeline. You know, there's like 300 years here, 400 years there. No one knows what happened in that time frame. That's right. You know? Um, And it's only because the Romans were so, you know, fastidious about their record keeping that we have a lot anyway you know, and the Greeks and all that sort of stuff that, you know, yeah. prior to that, there's the, there's the language of symbols and there's the other, you know, there's other languages that we don't even understand. I mean, there's, well, even Sumerians, mate. I think we've got 10,000 Sumerian tablets. And I think last time I looked into it, we've only looked at about 800 of them. Yeah. You know, and not so- to mention the U.S. military and other militaries went to Iraq in 2003 and took and raided these places of a lot of, these museums of a lot of writings that we'll, we'll never get our hands on. No. So is that, is there, is there legitimacy to that? I mean, I know there was, the, yeah. they went and stole the Stargate. That was the, that was the, you know, the, I think that was the distraction story, but what we're skewing off topic, but I looked at this a while ago. And so do you think that's what, they, that's part of the, uh, you know, Iraq too, they actually went in and, and took a lot of the stuff out of the museums. Yeah. Um, I actually know a friend that, I know this doesn't sound very reliable, but I know a friend that knows a friend that went to Iraq for the war. And so he was told to guard a museum while people went in there and got what they needed and took and took it and left. So, you know, and I trust that pretty well anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it's, no, look, a reliable so, source is a reliable source from your perspective. I, 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 yeah. If you trust it, I trust it. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I trust it. I, I don't see why this guy would lie, mm. but. So there was an ulterior motive and who knows, maybe it was the main reason that Iraq got invaded because weapons of mass destruction weren't there. No. So you have to wonder why Mm. they really wanted there. And it was kind of a generational thing because that was um, George W. Bush that was president, but he was just a puppet and his dad was the real, real deal. And he wanted in Iraq back in the nineties. So you got to wonder if the people behind the bushes or you know these dark controllers had a whole agenda of taking whatever was there which we have no idea yeah. during that those time periods mm. and i think probably that goes to another thing about the timelines loomis history is written by the victor mate right you know that's true yeah so 
you know, we don't, you know, you know, Troy, let's take Troy, for example, Troy got razed and burned to the ground. By all reports, though, there was a megalithic wall, an impenetrable, impenetrable megalithic wall in front of Troy. And it was an amazing, beautiful multi-story temples and all sorts of stuff, if you believe the legends. Um, what did we lose there? You know, what, what happened there when that was raised and burned to the ground? And how long had Troy, as we understand it, existed? Because uh, it seems like an, an old megalithic city to me, the more I think about it, you know? Yeah, I haven't really looked into that that much. Mm. Uh, that's, a, that's something I should check out. Now, um, one thing that I remember hearing from, see, I'm not a big Bible scholar, but I do remember hearing from a Bible scholar that there was about 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament where nothing really happened, according to the official sources. But again, mm. history was written by the victors. So what do we know? That we what don't we know in that yeah, time period? You know? Absolutely, and I, I'm curious mm. if that's even right. Yeah, it's it's that's what I mean. There's gaps in the known timeline. I mean, you could think about, you know, we can't talk about timelines without the Masons. According to the Masonic calendar, it's the year six thousand twenty-two. Oh yeah, it's right. True. So what yeah. happened? What happened in four thousand BC? Now I started to go down that rabbit hole. I got in touch with. You know, some people that I know and that are deep in the research, I'm like, 4,000 BC, did anything happen? And everyone's like, I don't know. Do we even know what happened in 4,000 BC? But if the Masons mark it as zero year, I guarantee something happened. You know what I mean? Do we know? I don't know. I mean, in all the research that I've come across, 4,000 BC is one of those numbers that doesn't come up. Do you know? Yeah. 4,000 BC. I can't really think either, but mm. if the Masons said the year starts here, then and where did the Masons come from? They came from, actually, they came from the Pharaohs, I believe. No, the Masons. Sort of. No, the Masons. Well, they came from the- Tyre. They came from Tyre, Lebanon, right? So the Masons. Okay. The origins of the Masons is the Dionysian architects, okay, and the 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 carrot for the Masons is at some point you get to read the Dionysian mysteries. Okay. And the first Masonic lodge was built when they were building the Temple of Solomon. That's but, right, Solomon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But the um yeah, the architects came from Tyre. I mean, Tyre is near Lebanon, Baalbek, all the megalithic stuff, it's all over that. You know, I mean that's the, the biggest stones that are moved are in that mm-hmm. region of the planet. Uh and that's right. you know, I think the the Masons have lost their way too, man. I think it's I think at the baseline, I think they were the remnants of the builder culture. They had the knowledge of the builder culture. They could move stone. They could shape stone. They could do stuff with stone, you know, and, you know, with, I don't know, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. I'm not sure where it went, but, you know, they say that it's year 6,000. So year zero was 4,000 BC. What happened? You know, another mystery on the timeline. I mean, you start, the timeline is so skewed and so just, I don't think it's accurate. I honestly don't. Yeah, I think we're getting a little bit of, of uh, interference here. Oh, have we got a yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. So six thousand BC, or six thousand years ago. Hmm. So four thousand BC. Yeah. Mm. I. I like I can't think off the top of my head, and I'd have to do some research too. But 
That's very interesting. Yeah. And then we have the, we have the Mayan calendar mm-hmm. and how, how are we supposed to really go by that? Plus we have Gregorian time. We have, we have, um, we have months, our months are off. I mean, yeah. you know, um, Julius Caesar, July mm-hmm. and Augustine for August, take mm-hmm. those two months out. And then you got the correct numerals for the months when September is actually seven, October's eight. October. Yeah. So, so really, yeah, November's you know, nine, where December's are we? 10, yeah. 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 Where are we? Really? You know, in that. And then there's the occult calendar. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they look at the year totally different. They, yeah. you know, they, they have their, their times of years with that they honor their, their ritual sacrifice or whatever they do, which is pretty, some pretty wicked shit, but that that's, that's their timeline. So there's actually a, a lot of timelines when you really start thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. And that's, this is the, this is one of the rabbit holes, you know, like there's also that apparently it was 360 days and then somewhere in Egypt, five days got added to the calendar. So yes, what happened there? Why? Because that would mean the days got longer, shorter, shorter. There was more of them, or is it longer? I'm not sure. But there's a change in the calendar there as well. I mean, where, who, what, when, where, why for that? Uh, well, I think Enoch. Enoch was the one that they started pattering that. I think Enoch lived 365 years. And something, now I'm kind of just going off of really foggy information here, but no, no, don't don't sure quote any don't quote anything. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure that we're coming from Enoch as the 365 is, is an important number. Mm. And some people say Enoch built the pyramids too. But mm. um, well, there's the book of Enoch, isn't there? I mean, that's that that's yeah. another one of those classic texts as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's so fascinating, you know. And the, the problem is is that as with everything else, Loomis. We don't know, mate. You know, you. At least we have the uh, the integrity and the honesty to say we don't know, right? Or we can we can point out all these different variations and different timelines, and you know the the reality is we don't know. And how many incarnations of of whatever, whether it might even been bipedal, whatever beings have existed on this planet, you know, from sixty five million years to now, right? Um, how many cataclysms have happened during that period? I mean, from well, realistically, you've sort of got to look at the the Homo sapien sapien timeline from seventy thousand to now, don't you? Because that was when the population got down to five to ten thousand globally, isn't that? That's correct, I'm pretty sure. So it's really yeah. between seventy and twelve thousand nine hundred. Um, that was the that was that period, and then obviously the cataclysms happened, and now we're dealing with eleven thousand six hundred to now you know yeah and there's some things that i've done too where i started adding up on the earth's population of now and it doesn't quite make sense either that we would have as many people as they say on the planet with all the wars we had in the last century and i did a, a whole bunch of stuff on that and it's like so did we get reset more recently? And I'm not really, I'm pretty on the fence with this. And I, I imagine you might be too, because I haven't dug into it real deep, but this whole 
mud flood. Yeah, the Tartaria uh, stuff. Yeah. The Tartaria, the orphan trains. Mm. Maybe something happened there. But see, I have I have relatives that um I have a relative that, that wrote got a that wrote the president of the United States in the 1860s uh, to be uh he had some kind of disease and he, he wanted to be excused from war. Hmm. And, um, you know, I feel like in this long letter he wrote that he would have said something about some kind of tragedy that happened, but there was absolutely nothing mentioned to that. And the native hmm. Americans don't say anything about it, uh, or indigenous cultures in general. So I, I don't really know where I land with that, but it could be, a reset in the timeline it could be something to look at but well the, well the like, evidence the evidence of the mud flood let's 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 separate tartaria from the mud flood okay mm-hmm. there's a lot of evidence here in australia that 50 tons per square mile of something rained down on the earth in the early 1800s and there's evidence of that all over the planet as well right so was that a reset? I don't know. Um, but it's one of those things that you look in the evidence of the actual, like these buildings that there's floors below the street. There's some here in Brisbane, right? There's some in Melbourne, some in Sydney where, you you know, there's half a window and the road, you know, footpath is at the top of the window. So, you know, what happened to the 10 feet, you know, where's the door, right? Um, and if you go in these buildings and you get access, you can go downstairs and there's the floor and there's the front door, what used to be the front door. So did the earth spin through some sort of gas cloud, right? And a heap of mud or crap fell down on the planet? Maybe. The question would be why, because the evidence for the mud flood is quite compelling. Uh, I have looked into it a little bit. But the evidence for the Tartaria and the reset and all those other things, I'm not sure about. Um, but do we live in a in a in a galactic environment that affects us more than we understand? Yeah, I think we do. Right. Yeah. Every every now and again, could we spin through a a cloud of stuff in the universe? I imagine so. I don't see why not. Um, however, yeah, was it a reset? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I know. Yeah, there's a YouTube channel that I think it's Tartaria couple of aussie birds do it and uh it's quite good and the evidence is compelling uh i am got a few interviews and stuff backed up i've got a lot of stuff in the, on the go but i want to sort of reach out to those girls as well and see whether or not they want to come on the show and have a discussion about it um because again why so we talk about so now we, we we've talked about the varying timelines what about the stuff that seems to be wiped from the timeline like the mud flood, for example, right? Yeah. Um, why would you wipe something like that from the timeline? You know, is it, uh, I don't understand. But again, history is written by the victor, okay? So yeah. let's pretend we had a mud flood, we survived that. The powers that be, whoever they were at that period of time said, righto, no, we're not, that's it. We're not going to talk about that. Can't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. What, what is it that, I guess if you think about too, like not that many people wrote in those days and maybe, you know, how these days, everything's 
taken down. Every little bit of information is recorded somewhere. But back in those days, people typed. And mm. before that, they wrote on with ink on paper, mm. um, you know, before printing presses. So maybe they didn't think that that was, as, I'm just giving it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they didn't think it was that important to mm. be put in history. You would think they would say something about it. Now, some of the Tartaria people uh, talk about miss, a missing time, though, mm. and that does interest me. And some people think that the Dark Ages didn't exist, or we're 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 kind of kind of lo- we we've lost like five hundred years. That, yeah, yeah. There's you know, definitely a gap. There's definitely a gap there somewhere. Somewhere there is. Mm. But one thing that I find interesting in the Renaissance period. Mm-hmm is the paintings that mm. a lot of these these early painters painted um well, i can think of one of them called annunciation and it's got a, a it, obviously a ufo coming down beaming a light right into uh the mother mary's head mm. and there are there's a bunch of of paintings in this renaissance period where there's obviously objects in the sky you can see mm-hmm. multiple so you gotta wonder did the earth have a time period where these things were out in the open mm-hmm. for a while in that particular time period mm-hmm. i mean we we don't know how old exactly mm-hmm. i think these paintings are what maybe like 1600s or something maybe 15 1600s yeah but they, yeah. they there's it's not just one artist it's a bunch of artists mm-hmm. depicting these flying craft in the in the air so mm. it and battles in the air too like yeah we got the are, yeah the vamana and stuff like that you know it, the vamana older yeah. ones too yeah. yeah 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 well and there's this one too because i mean this is the do you know what man kudos on the transition i love it right because the other thing we wanted to talk to about was uh uaps ufos uh um and sightings and stuff like that because i posted something the other day uh a papyrus containing notes of pharaoh thutmose the third Detailed a UFO sighting around 1480 BC. So what's that? That's three and a half thousand years ago. Okay. Circle of fire was seen in the sky and the scribes reported their sighting to the Pharaoh. Days following, more UFOs showed up. The Pharaoh decided to burn incense and have his scribes mark the days important. So yeah, that's a multiple day visitation marked by the Egyptians three and a half thousand years ago, right? Um, You've got, you know, some of the oldest indigenous rock art down here looks very suspicious. There's disc-shaped things in the sky and all those sorts of things. I mean, you know, it's um, – I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I actually had Anthony from Encounters Down Under on the other night, uh, and uh, top guy, actually, and I asked him, you know, one of the craziest things that happened over the last, you know, few years of chaos is they confirmed that UFOs are real and no one gives a shit. So, I mean, you know – What's your thoughts on that? Well, the the if you're talking about the recent UA, they call them UAPs. Mm. I feel like that's the fake UFO uh, disclosure because of who's leaking it out. Yeah, um, what's that guy's name? Elizondo, mm. uh, Louis Elizondo, quit the CIA. Two weeks later, he's telling you about this. I don't trust that because mm. I think kind of once you're in the CIA, you're always in the CIA. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think you can just quit and go, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. So that I don't trust. But 
the interesting thing is, yeah, there was barely any reaction because everybody was so focused on COVID. Mm. Uh, I, I couldn't believe that people, I mean, there was some crazy stuff coming out in the news. Um, let's see, that was December, 2020, where there, you had the guy from Israel. He's the, uh, he was a, I guess he was the security chief or something like that. Yeah, and he was yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. the Galactic Federation. Yeah. You know, and he was just talking about it in a mainstream news article. I'm like, wow, they're just releasing all this stuff. And they're and they're actually and no one seems to be noticing. That's that's really crazy. But after all the years of ridiculing people like us, people mm. that look at all this stuff, finally they're like, Oh yeah, they exist. Actually, yeah. we're seeing them every day. Yeah, these but, guys are right yeah. all along. Yeah. 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 So but, well, that's you just, what I think about that. You just said uh, Galactic Federation. What is your thoughts on that? I mean, we sort of go at UTC, we sort of go on the 1% rule, Loomis. So, like, if you take all the documentation and supposed reports and blah, blah, blah about we're already part of the Galactic Federation and all these sorts of things, right? If you take all that documentation, what if 1% is true, right? That's how we run here, okay? And that's fair enough. I think you can you could say that 1% was true. If 1% is true, that changes our existence, Loomis. You know what I mean? I mean, what, what are your thoughts sure. about that? I mean, yeah, I like your 1% rule. And I think I do the same thing at Chanted Down too. Mm. Um, I, you know, I say, well, hey, everything comes from something. So mm. where did it come from? Let's look at the origin of where it came from. And so with the Galactic Federation, I actually did an entire show and where I really dissected it. And it's, again, one of those things like I got to go and listen to my own show again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you I know? say, man, it's, it's all good. Yeah, man. yeah. But there was there there was um, this guy from Star Trek. What's his the creator of Star Trek? Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry mm. was channeling stuff from the Galactic Federation. And that's how he, you know, that's why. So when people say, "Oh, I just saw that in Star Trek," well, no, he yeah, that's how he came up with the the idea is from channeling this information with the with a professional. Uh, medium and so that came from somewhere as well as uh, the i think one of the earliest things i forget what it's called off the top of the head here but it's um it's not galactic federation it's it's something very similar mm. you can also get into the, the urantia book too it talks mm. a little bit about that so there's some kind of there's got to be some kind of unification. If we live in a, a multi-populated universe, at mm. least I think we do, mm. that there's going to have to be some kind of organization between all these, these different races and, and different factions so they don't interfere with the planet or mm. they'd be around us every day. So mm. there must be some kind of something that, that brings these different beings entities whatever you want to call it together and I mean, is dude, it the intergalactic federation i don't know yeah well i mean simply, that's just a term isn't it you know what i mean yeah, star trek yeah federation of planets blah 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 um does it go back to maybe they what did you say thousand bc or whatever it is they left us alone mm -hmm. so maybe yeah we got so to maybe, maybe there was a, a soft mm -hmm. reset where we went back a little bit and they're like okay mm -hmm. We're actually going to step away now uh, and let you guys develop as you need to develop. Uh, 
and because I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, over the over the COVID times are like, when are the aliens coming? Can we just look? Let's just skip past this crap and let's get the aliens to come and save us. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. Um, and look, it'd be very cool. Uh, no one wants to believe more than me. Uh, but I suppose speaking of believing, you posted three videos up on your Telegram channel the other day. Of uh, they look like Tic Tacs. Is that Tic Tacs, man? I mean, where are you in the? Where are you on this big blue ball? You're on out in Hawaii, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So did you so, take? Tell us about those videos. What was the time of day? Was there any recurrence, or what do you reckon? Three different, three, three different uh, times there. Um, three different UFOs. The the one I did in the daylight was this is all this year. So this was J- July. I mean January of this year. I think it was January 6th. So I got on this show. Um, my family thinks I'm crazy. I don't know if you've heard of that podcast, but no. I got on there. Then the Sam, next Sam, day. It sounds like I should. Be, I should know what that show is because I. I, yeah, I think all of our families think we're crazy. But yeah, yeah. Mark, uh, Mystic Mark, who, who uh, shout out to Mark. Um, anyway, I was telling him a UFO story that I had in the year 2000. Mm. And then the next day, I'm going for a hike and i look up and i look back and i look again i'm like wait i double take what is that thing it's blinking at me so i got my phone and i and i recorded it for 30 minutes straight Mm. it went from the 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 northern skies to the eastern skies to the southern skies and eventually it went behind a cloud and left and the feeling i got from it was that it was it was it was watching us like it was Mm. observing us and it was you know it's it's a shitty video because on my phone Mm. i couldn't like zero in on it too well Mm. but i did if anyone listening wants to really um see it you should go to my youtube channel truthful trajectory and i did a a short video on that day Mm. so that was one day Mm. now there was another day so this is this is um I was on the West Coast, so I, I, I was traveling. I went to um, California yep. in February, and this is really early in the morning. I had to catch a really early flight back to here, and I pull over. I see this light in the sky, and this thing, but it was far away. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a plane. But anyway, I'm driving, and it never moves. It's just stationary. I'm like, well, mm. okay, come on, let's let's hurry up. I'll I'm sure it's going to come fly by. It didn't. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm almost late for my flight, like kind of getting a little stressed out, but I, I can't help it. I'm going to pull over at this mm-hmm. bus stop and I'm going to video this. And I did for as quick as I could. And it never left. It just hovered there whatever it was. It's far away enough that I couldn't tell. What but it was. to me, it almost looked like a fortress or something that was just in the sky right there. So that was February. Mm. And then maybe the same month i'm not sure we were having some pretty hard times here um as you were too in australia yeah. where yeah. basically all of our rights were taken away this was yeah, like one yeah, of the yeah. darkest hours um my wife and i decided to do a walk and it was really dip- we're like i can't believe things are going this direction mm. you know we need something positive and so we're walking and i think a helicopter's coming and, and she's like no i don't think that's a helicopter I'm like yeah it's a helicopter it's it's pretty low and 
it no lights are flashing on it at all mm. and i'm like wait what is it and she said yes it is so i get out my phone and i record it mm. and um it goes pretty much right over our heads and the crazy thing that it did was it flashed at us it like expanded like this and like mm. it contracted again at us wow and we felt like it was letting us know it's going to be okay and there was some kind of telepathic communication there mm. uh and sure it didn't it sure didn't do it on video it wasn't very you know no. very good video but no. it was i had to i had to record it and there mm. the funny thing is, is there was a guy watering his grass this is at night but he's mm. watering his grass right behind us and he didn't even notice it's like it was just for us but i got it on video so it was physical but mm. those are three things i've seen this year that i recorded on video mm. but that doesn't count all the nights that i do skywatch in my backyard where i bought these gravity chairs and i just lay all the way back and i watch the sky and i see all kinds of stuff that is unexplainable and you know defies satellites so well, see, what are the they thing is, loomis, the thing is loomis is that my my big thing with this stuff mate is they're always going into the water these tic tac looking things right whatever these little round whatever they are mm-hmm. right now you are on the one of the most remote island chains that exist on the planet so if they're going to be anywhere, they probably live somewhere around near you, mate, if they live under the water. You know, I mean, this is what, – what are your thoughts on that? I mean, these things are always seen around water, in and out of the water. Um, you know, if you – and look, I just to backtrack a little bit, I do concur with you about the more that the US government releases about UFOs, the less I believe it. Um, mm-hmm. I wish that wasn't the way, but – they're just full of shit, basically. So you can't really the track record. You can't believe them. Yeah, um, but what do you think? I mean, are they are these ones? You know, these white ones that we see that are the common seems to be pretty common. Are they from around here? I I don't know, man. I don't know either. I don't know, but there is a lot of things that point to going underwater bases mm. or mountains. Mm. Um, mountains are a big one too. One of the trip, yeah, yeah. One of the trippiest videos I saw, I don't know, it was a few years ago now. It was a guy test flying his drone, right? He had a quadcopter and he's recording and he sort of voiced over this thing. He's he's like, now, seriously, listen to me. It was literally my second day with this drone. I just wanted to get up over the gorge and have a bit of a fly around. I was not searching for anything, I wasn't doing anything. And he was literally just panning the camera around, getting the feel for the drone. And then this, tic-tac is the only way to describe it comes in comes in a shot into the into the cliff face i think i saw that yeah 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 and he's like listen that that is he goes listen i did not try and do that this is not this is just what i got and i'm just giving you what i got that's it you know um yeah and there's all sorts of videos like that that are coming out uh there's the one over uh i spoke about with anthony the one over rio de janeiro where it's like you know, the video that he's, you know, taking your video and then there's like, oh, wow, ah, you know, all these massive thousands of people of reaction are these things blinking into the sky and then moving around and then blinking out again. You know, and you can't fake that sort of stuff, uh, you wouldn't think. Um, so, I mean, it, 
I mean, what are your thoughts on it, mate? I mean, you're seeing this stuff all the time, and I don't doubt it. I mean, what people don't understand, the, the big difference that you have, Loomis, to pretty much the rest of the Western world is you see the Milky Way. You see it's right there. You know, like you see the detailed sky on a clear night better than pretty much anyone else on the planet. Um, you know, and I've had the privilege of being in the desert and in the jungles and, and seeing the stars for what they truly are uh, without the light pollution. And, you know, there's so much that we just don't see, you know. Oh, sure. Although I live in the city here, so my visibility isn't that great. But um, because of our isolation, I think we have pretty good stars for sure. Mm. But I was going to ask you the same thing. I mean, do, are you seeing, what are your experiences? Have you seen some pretty crazy stuff in our skies? Uh, I've seen, I've had two experiences. Uh, and yeah, my listeners have heard this story a few times. So beg my forgiveness. Uh, Loomis hasn't heard these. So when I was 14, uh, I saw something, you know, this is the early 90s. So in Ballarat and Victoria, you know, we didn't have any phones or anything, Loomis. So, you know, we used to lie on my driveway and look up at the stars and we saw this thing starting to bounce around the sky, right? It was doing all sorts of weird zigzags and stuff. And we watched it for a minute or two and or a few minutes. And then I'm like, dad's telescope. Dad had this little telescope. Right, I thought I'll run inside. I'll grab the telescope and I'll try and get a look at it. And basically, sprinted inside, grabbed the telescope, ran back out. And as I'm raising the telescope to look at it, it disappears. Um, and yeah, then there was a. I experienced what we call down here a min min light. Um, little similar to, but basically a bit. You know, like your big trains, you know, like big massive train spotlights on the front of trains, like the big headlight on yeah. the front of a train. Imagine something like that, but it doesn't move, right? So we encountered this thing two o'clock in the morning, traveling home from work, uh, me and my offsider. Uh, and we were doing about, I don't know, just a, just a touch under 100 mile an hour. Um, and this thing, we stayed stationary in the same position as we're traveling at that speed. It never got closer, never got further, never dulled in brightness. It was very bright, probably for about 10 minutes. And then, is yeah, it blinked on and stayed there. It was basically, it felt like it was watching us and then blinked off again. I mean, and that was very remote Australia. There was no one else on the road. We didn't see another car. Um, yeah, it's, those are the only two experiences that I've had. But if you don't think that every night that I don't look up at the stars and go, hey, can you just show me something? <laughs> I definitely do. I definitely do, man. I definitely do. Um, well, mate, I mean, we'll, we'll finish up. Uh, it's getting late over your way. And uh, what do you reckon? What, what's, your, what's, the, what's some final thoughts as we wrap this one up, mate? Well, you know, I think we're in a time that we're more of this is going to be revealed to the general public, already is. Mm. But I think my, your interests and my interests in this stuff is because, well, because we're both true speakers. Mm. I believe that we were brought here for a reason to mm. get interested in this stuff, to communicate it to other people that are listening right now, mm. but also people that are friends with us and family, even though they probably think we're crazy and they don't want to listen to us because we have this knowledge base when shit hits the fan and 
that this kind of gets crazy for our average people around us mm. where we might be more of a buffer for that than the you know the news isn't going to give them comfort and stuff no. like that so i i believe we might be here to help but yeah, also I so. uh, yeah here to help and i also think that um i i think it's both humans i think it's you know the ufo community has it has its points that are true and there's stuff that you just go well, i don't know but mm. I do believe we, the humans, are working with these ETs or interdimensional beings or whatever you want to call them. At some they, level, they, yeah. yeah, at some level, and that's where we got all this crazy technology. The technology we're using right now to talk to yeah. each other, would, I wouldn't even doubt. But I believe that everything's coming to a head. So I think the more stuff we see in our skies, we might be getting closer to a timeline. Mm. We're talking about timelines a new timeline on this planet where maybe all the stuff from the old comes back because mm. all these old beings, the Anunnaki's, the, the Mayan, uh, the, uh, Sumerian, Veracosha's, they all say is Sumerians. They all, and the Egyptians, they all say they're going to come back. Yeah. So are, you know, maybe we're here. Maybe we are. Mate. Maybe we are. It seems like it. It feels like we're on the cusp of something big. So, yeah, yeah, something's going to give, think? isn't it? Yeah, look, I agree. Mm -hmm. I think I agree. I think I definitely think we are here as truth seekers. I do wonder about uh, genetic memory and and potentially soul memory and DNA memory as to sure. you know whether or not maybe once upon a time, mate, in the time before the cataclysm, we were uh, part of the megalithic builders. We were part of this society, and that's what drives us. You know, there's a, there's a passion and a and a drive. I think you said it in the last podcast. And I'm the same, mate. I had to do this because if I didn't get this information out of my head, I was going to explode. And, you know, the more and more we unpack, the more and more we find out. And I think, yeah, these ideas aren't insane to us. Um, and the more research we do, the more I think that we find evidence for to support a lot of our theories that is undeniable. However, it's still not yet mainstream. And you're right. Once it becomes mainstream, We'll be able to talk these people through it and go, listen, it's okay. This is just how it's been. This is just the next stage of our existence. This is what it was before. Um, we're okay. Everything's cool. But we just have to open your mind. You just got to open your mind to these different things, man, and open your mind to these different perspectives. However, yeah, I think, I think we were, we are put here for that in a lot of ways. I actually had a reading the other day. Um, and yeah, this she she genuinely had the gift. You know, there's a lot of charlatans out there, but there is people that do have the gift. And she did say that she's uh, you're going to be a teacher. And she, I said, I already am a teacher because that's my job. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you know maybe there is some stock to that, Loomis. Uh, well, mate, awesome as always. Uh, love sitting down. We've got to do it again. The moon yeah. is our next conversation, mate. Sure. I think. Um, and yeah, really appreciate your time as always, brother. Thank you. And uh, please look Thank after you. yourselves. Uh, please stay safe, man. Stay safe over there in the chaos. And uh, until next time, dude. Yeah, we, many more to come. This is just a, this is just brain farting our, our, our little bits of knowledge we know. But mm. we have, there's so much we know that we obviously we've been in this many hours of research that mm. You know, it's great to talk to somebody who 
also knows about this and we're just kind of putting together a puzzle we we have the pieces we don't have the whole puzzle but yeah I, I'm I so glad. We've got, yeah, we've got the pieces, we've got the puzzle, but we don't have the picture. You know what I mean? Like it's no. like they're blank pieces, and you know, it's it's conversations like this that that give me, you know, strength to keep going. And you know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, there's more of us out there. You know what I mean? I'm not alone. Someone else is as crazy as I am, and and uh, together we can figure it out. Like, you know, I know. Yeah, we we've, we've got some plans, don't we, Loomis? Actually, mate, we'll, we'll keep that under our hat for a second, but we do have yep. some plans. Yep. Uh, to really try and get into the depths of some of this stuff. Uh, I think for exactly the purpose that you're talking about, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and when I'm do, it's, it's a labor of love, you know, I don't expect mm-hmm. anything from all this other than just to get it out and help people along their path to see this picture better. And it's awesome. So it's awesome to work with you. And I, I, uh, we're going to continue on some great works. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, and, and you as well, sir. And you as well. Well, uh, go and get some rest, mate. And uh, until next yeah. time. All right. Thanks, Take care, mate. brother. Jeez. All right. Cheers. Just want to go again? Let's do it. Yeah. Go again. All right. I know you. Been here before. No surprises settle the score. I know the darkness deep inside. Reckless rage, poison pride. I know the anger. I know the pain. through I know you I know you wow Yeah.